Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Andy Babact of the Flash Podcast and Titans Podcast to discuss the season three episode of the show titled Dark Side of the Moon. Welcome back to Supergirl Radio, Andy. We're glad to have you for this discussion. I'm happy to. I ran from Earth One. There's like nothing going on. You know, we, we defeated the Vogue. We're done. There's a kid from the future, apparently. And um, yeah, I thought, like, you know, I could just run over to Earth 48. There's nothing going on there. Yeah, you've got some free time. you got some free time. God, spoilers, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, do you, I mean, I Morgan, didn't think that they were going to defeat the villain at the end of the season. Isn't that shocking? Oh my, that is I so shocking. <laughs> I am shocked the finger, to my core. <laughs> the thinker is A, actually. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Like how Dan was gossip girl, but shouldn't shouldn't have been. I think there should always be a twist that makes no sense at the end of every show. So Supergirl's ending will be John's secret was never a big secret to begin with. Begin with. That would be so disappointing. No, we're going to finally find out John's secret. And it was going to be it's going to be that he was gossip girl the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Well, we'll get to discuss the uh, episode for this week, but first we need to catch up on the news. Supergirl, the complete third season, is coming to Blu ray, DVD. I overshot that. And digital platform <laughs> on September 18th. Blu-ray is exciting. Blu-ray is exciting. Blu-ray. And also some other things. <laughs> Clearly, I'm most excited about Blu-ray. I thought that was a period. It wasn't. Um, in addition to all 23 episodes, it will contain the DC TV crossover, the show's 2017 Comic-Con panel, featurette, uh, featurettes, uh, one of which is about rain, and uh, deleted scenes and a gag reel. That's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm, I would love to see that featurette on rain. That would be really cool since she's been such a big part of season three yeah i like the cover like what is she standing in is it rubble yeah it looks like a destruction of some kind i guess she's she's landed she's made a a, looks like a dent in the concrete maybe had a hard fall um, but she looks really powerful. It's a good, good looking cover. She landed on James's home slash office. That would be hard for him because he's got that that under desk situation exactly okay. how he wants it. Can <laughs> someone remind me what episode it was revealed where he was actually like, okay, does he legit sleep under his desk? Is that yes. just a joke you guys came up with? Because I'm like, every no, week, 100% I'm like, this is so canon. Funny? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would have to go back and listen to the archives of when we first. Oh God, yeah. When did that? When did this joke start? <laughs> I don't remember. I think it was in season one. 
Or maybe no. no I feel like it was season. So, maybe it was season two when he took when he took over. It, yeah, for, uh, that seems right. Grant. Yeah, no, that seems right. Yeah, he, he had a home back in season one, <laughs> presumably. <laughs> they had to do budget cuts when he moved to Vancouver. Like, no, no homes for any of you. Alex, you're sleeping at the, the EEO. Well, I, I definitely have uh, some points I want to get to about uh, those kinds of jokes when we get into the discussion portion of the podcast. Um, but the last bit of news that we have uh, is something I need to make a podcast correction on during our news. Ooh. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I have to admit when I'm wrong sometimes. Because, you know, it doesn't happen a lot. But when it happens, I want to make sure that uh, I correct myself. Uh, during our news section of the previous episode of Supergirl Radio, I mentioned that the introduction of Batwoman into the Arrowverse would be the first member of the Bat family to show up. And uh, I have a terrible memory. And uh, a user on Twitter named at SL Fricky reminded me that Huntress has appeared on Arrow. And I feel so ashamed of myself. Huntress is one of my favorite DC Comics characters. Love her on JLU. Loved her on Birds of Prey. Um, I even really liked the Birds of Prey episode that she was in in Arrow. And I guess that, I don't know how that slipped my mind, uh, but I'm going to blame it on uh, me repressing some uh, memories of Arrow after what they did to <laughs> Earth One Laurel Lance. I'm just going to chalk it up to that maybe. Uh, but thank you for that correction, SL Fricky. So we have had a Bat character in the Arrowverse. Uh, we've had Bat villains, of course. Uh, but Too inter- many. We've had, yes, we've had a lot Bat uh bat characters who are villains but in terms of heroes the huntress i think is the only one with the exception of course robin who's going to come on the the titans series but uh but yeah so huntress has already appeared so uh wanted to make that correction since uh i misspoke last time well i gotta remind you about something else you forgot what else did i forget because i forget a lot of things yeah well, well i mean barry is still the fastest that is still up for debate, I think. She I think that's my, still debatable. She attacked, my, she, she attacked my Facebook wall, y'all. She attacked my Facebook wall. Like, you know, I had this debate with Annie about many times, and I'm always right. And it's for DCL Access, the Flash of the Supergirl, who's the fast one. And she just attacked me on my Facebook wall. I don't know. I'm like, I woke up on day. I'm like, what's this? She attacked? How dare I, she? D- I didn't attack. I just stated a fact. That we have had that debate many times, and I'm always right uh, in that conversation. Well, you know what I'm, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna go on Pinterest and get some uh, Lena Luthor kryptonite uh, recipe, and then I'm gonna make it uh, kryptonite because clearly anyone can make kryptonite now. And then I'm gonna give it to Barry, and then Barry's gonna hey, use on Kara. Hey, and then Lena! She, and he it, Lena's not at any just anybody. She's got great outfits, <laughs> great hair. <laughs> Can you can you rock a double ponytail that I cannot understand how she even created? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you do find a kryptonite recipe, please send it. I would love to know what goes into kryptonite. So I'd be very interested in that if you do find that on Pinterest. Somebody's got to have one. Can I give just one? Uh, because I, I know I, I should have maybe asked before, but um, maybe it's better to bring it up now than later. Um, because DC Podcast, we, you know, we, every year uh, we do we do our Sherry event. Um, more details will be real, real soon, even here on Super Radio, because you guys... Yeah, because you guys are so slow, you have to finish in all the way until June. Hey, uh, hey, that's 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 not our call. We, if if it, if it was our call, we would finish. Rebecca, we would Rebecca, finish the season with everybody else. I'm sorry, Miss Director Rebecca Johnson. Don't you have? Call- you did an episode of the show. I did. Well, my name did. <laughs> <laughs> your name, your name did a great job too. 
may I just say. My name directed the heck out of that episode. Bring it yes. down the house. <laughs> but Saturday, Saturday, June 30th, y'all be ready. And then we'll have more details in the coming weeks. Probably maybe next week or something. So yeah, but don't mark mark it down your calendar. Don't go anywhere. We'll definitely keep everybody in the loop about the charity event because it's always a lot of fun. We do it every year. It's a live event. You can come in the chat room and interact with us. And it's always a ton of fun. So uh, just mark that down on your calendars, June 30th. And we'll uh, get you some details about that later. Uh, But let's get talking about the uh, episode for this week, which is the season three episode titled Dark Side of the Moon. And here is the official description. Quote, Supergirl is stunned to discover that a part of Krypton survived. Meanwhile, Alex is attacked while out with Ruby and Lena considers how far she will go to keep rain contained, unquote. So this um, had uh, basically three stories kind of going on at once, um, but the uh, the one that was pretty prominent was the fact that Kara reunited with her mother, Allura, who we all thought was dead. She exploded on Krypton, but uh, here she is alive and well in uh, hanging out in Argo City. So Andy, what did you think about uh, getting to see Kara reunite with her biological mother? First of all, CW, thank you for just not even holding back. Because I watched a trailer for this week's episode, and I'm like, okay, so this is happening. Like, I kind of wish this had been kept a surprise, but okay, fine, CW, do whatever you want. The CW doesn't really uh, let you enjoy surprises. I, I think one of those Canadian paparazzis was editing the, a trailer. They were like, we haven't messed with Rebecca in a long time. Let's do it. They, they are notorious for um, uh, spoiling things at, like, press events that really uh, shouldn't uh, feature... Uh, spoilers about cliffhangers that you just watched you're still not over that pod thing i'm not i'm not over i will never be over it um <laughs> uh, but but yeah so don't be surprised if the, the cw spoils something there's one of the issues i have with the era show, shows and in general which is lack of stakes but then i kept thinking okay so one of the things that i sometimes felt really bad for supergirl as a character not just a show but it's just people you know like to say you know oh they're just you know taking so much from superman you know villains all these items and so on but this aspect, I feel like this gets to be unique to her story because she, let's think about it. She left Krypton when she was 12 on a mission to break her cousin, who in the end didn't really need her protection when she got to Earth. And she had to leave her entire life behind against her will at the age of 12. So the fact that she actually gets this back, like she gets that this aspect of the story where they can't really say, oh, they're just bringing up Superman. It's like, no. For once, she gets to have something that, that is her own. And that's why I was so, you know, l- loving this whole aspect of the whole episode. Because, yes, Eric Durant is one of my favorite Lois, Lois Lanes. And I, as much as I love Laura Benanti, I really do. She did great uh, on the time we had with her on the show. But it was just so fun and pleasant to watch Melissa and Erica act side by side. It, I really bought the daughter-mother relationship. It was it was heartbreaking. There was a lot of, I will say this, there was a lot of exposition, a lot of callbacks, which, you know, Supergirl doesn't always do that. And I'm going to say this, it's a bad thing, whatever, so, but it was, it, in this episode, they just referenced, like, so, everything season one, everything season two. I was about to say, I, I felt like this episode was like, hey, guys, do you remember season one? No? Do you want us to tell you about it? <laughs> exactly. And I, but you know, I was fine with it because it was, you know, it was powerful still. You know, like, you know, we see, you know, Alora, you know, feeling really bad about what happened with Fort Ross and with Astra and so on. And I, 
it, you know, it it was powerful. And I and again, I like that the car gets to have this, you know. And it, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, Cal. I mean, your your folks are get are gone, but you know, you still have Marfa. You know, it's fine. And um, so I I I I was pleasantly surprised how much I loved this after having seen the trailer last week. Because I was like, why and how? But then I guess you know, if Argo City somehow survived, I mean, I guess I can buy it. And although poor, <laughs> poor Zorel. He, you know, he, he like, always he, gets the shaft. Always. Yes, and now, like, because I, in, in my mind, I was hoping that he was going to be alive that one day, if they recast him as well, you know, maybe they would bring up Tom Welling and be, you know, because, yeah, I love that. I love that version of Clovis, and I would love to see them play, you know, parents together somehow. And uh, so, no, but I, I, it was really powerful, and I think that it was, it was believable in the end. Like, I kind of like, okay, this is a sci-fi, you know fantasy show yes explosion happened on a whole planet and somehow they got because i never got this in that they were far away from where kal was being sent away like i was like weren't you all in candor like how did you just how did that part (laughs) it was like they were like on this two opposite sides like oh that side had the shield but the shield couldn't reach the other l's basically but no it was really like i Again, really surprised how much I love this aspect of the episode. Yeah, uh, you make a good point that Argo City is usually just uh, specific to Supergirl. That's always uh, pretty much always associated, with, at least to my knowledge, always associated with Supergirl and not Superman. So it's it's neat to see something that's very Supergirl-specific show up on the show. So that's a good point. Um, Morgan, what did you think about uh, getting to go to Argo City and, and see Kara reunite with her mother? Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I, I thought I also thought it was really neat to see Argo City, which is something that's very like Supergirl-specific on on the show. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that I had seen the preview. So... I think my like DVR cut it off or something. Uh, so I only knew the description. So I didn't know specifically that her mom was going to be back in this episode. So I was actually a little surprised. I was like, Whoa, it's Allura. Uh, I missed Laura Bonanzi. I thought she was so great in the, in the first season. Was she in the second season at all? Uh, I think so. Maybe it's the hologram. Yeah. Not, yeah, not much though. But I thought that she was great in the first season, and them talking a, a a lot about season one stuff, like Astra, really brought it back. And I was like, oh man, Astra. Um, but that's it. I liked um, I liked her interactions with her mom. I thought the council thing was pretty interesting that they have like a, a like a small council, and I, I liked it. It was cool seeing. Argo City and what had happened with that. I do, yeah, I did feel kind of bad for her dad just kind of dying off screen, getting the shaft. And for a, such an exposition heavy episode, they really skimmed over how he died. Did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> they were, it was like, they, they were like, do you remember in episode, in season one, episode five, when this happened? Here, let me tell you the exact story. And then she was like, what happened to dad? Oh, yeah, he died saving the planet. <laughs> what? How? Yeah, I didn't really understand that either. Uh, it seemed like Zorel created the shield that protects Argo. Uh, and I guess he died doing that. I don't know. That, yeah, that didn't seem that's very That's what clear. I got, too. Like, did he die making that big rock that they were, like, really protective of? It was There was something involved with the shield. But they were very nonspecific about how it happened. They're like, listen, listen, we already have one special guest star and we cannot have two. 
<laughs> I mean, that actor played Zorel. He wasn't. A... I'm not going to be You're a like, douche, but, but he, he's no big back. name. He's We're no like, big name. We can't name. get him back. He's he's off in the stratosphere. He's such a big name now. <laughs> I I feel really bad for Zorel because he either dies or is evil, <laughs> or he's like an evil mad scientist. Or, like, he's straight up evil and, like, wants to take over the Earth. Occasionally, he's, like, a, a robot. Occasionally, yes. Or a blue or a blue kryptonite clone. So, Zorel is, uh, even on Smallville, I think he... That's what I, I meant you said, was, that he, he was, was blue the kryptonite. mean one, right? Yeah, <laughs> he had that weird, uh, like, uh, like attraction to, to Lara. Like, there was that weird love triangle between Jor-El and Lara and Zor-El. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything on, on Smallville was eventually a love triangle. Well, that, so. is, that is true. That, they, that, tri- that triangle happen. that triangle should have been the precursor to the Vampire Diaries. Yeah, that, that stuff was weird. And Zor-El is usually not painted in the, the best light. So maybe uh, at least this go around in this story, he's a hero. He saved his people. He... Uh, sacrifice himself, presumably, for the greater good. So, uh, so I guess uh, we got to give it up to Zorel for that. <laughs> for that. Um, I am a little conflicted about this or Laura being alive thing because, on the one hand, I have always thought that the loss of Kara's homeworld, you know, her family, her culture, everything that she knew growing up. It, it was so important to her backstory. And I always thought that that was really inspirational to me that like her tragedy informs the, the reason why she's so hopeful. And so Allura being alive sort of takes away from that for me. But on the other hand, on the other hand, like uh, this kind of storyline has been done in the comics before they did it in the new Krypton arc, uh, Morgan, we even saw it in, in recently as Rebirth, yeah, where they had Argo, and um, we saw Allura. <laughs> Allura in that uh, version was uh, not great either. Allura has been even painted as a villain <laughs> a couple of times, um, so uh, that was not a great look for Allura in the Rebirth uh, series. Uh, so there is some precedent for this kind of thing to happen for Supergirl, where she. Uh, finds out that her family is still alive and that there's part of Krypton still in existence. Um, So on a fan level, I I like that they chose to explore that and kind of take a look at Argo and see how that affects Kara as a character. And so I can't really fault the writers for choosing to go with this kind of story. So I'm kind of mixed. Like, I think they did it really well. Um, But I do I do think it takes a little bit away from her backstory. Um, but I was actually surprised, like like you, Morgan. Um, I really liked Laura Benanti as Alora, um, so it was kind of tough to see a recast where, like, you're having to see two act two actors like rebuild some chemistry. I think it was yeah, it was especially kind of weird when they were talking about like Astra, and it's, it's like your twin sister who now looks completely different than you. Yes. <laughs> I'm having to do a lot of mental gymnastics now. Yeah, so it's kind of tough when when you're a viewer and you're having to, like, justify that in your brain. Like, okay, this is a new person playing this role. Um, so even though I love Laura Benanti um, and I really wish she had stayed on, I actually, I mean, I was surprised by how much I thought Erica Durant did a, a good job. She's, I've been on record, she's not my favorite Lois Lane. I, I think it's great that other people like Andy, you know, think that she's great Lois Lane. Not my fave. But I respect it. Um, but I was really uh, surprised by how much I liked Erica Durant as Alora because I thought she, um, 
she had a lot of qualities that I thought were very admirable. She, I think the writing really helped her out because she was very humble. She uh, recognized her mistakes and admitted to them. And she um, felt really bad about uh, not going to look for Kara. And she just, she just felt like a, like a really, uh, like a character who had some vulnerabilities and some humility. And I, I gravitated towards that because, um, a lot of times you don't see, well, at least I don't like a lot of times, you know, I'll see characters on TV who are really cocky and full of themselves. And so it was kind of refreshing to see a character who realized she had made some mistakes and maybe she could have done something better. And she was trying to to do that in this new life in, in Argo City that she was trying to be better and not uh, have those same mistakes. So I actually um, thought all the Argo City and, and the Allura stuff was cool. And I also thought it was kind of strange because I was thinking about it from Kara's perspective, like, oh, she just found out her mother's alive. But then there's that whole other side where Allura is seeing her grown daughter for the first time. Um, and so that really hit me pretty hard when I was watching it because I hadn't really thought about it from that angle before, how weird that would have been for her, uh, for Allura to see her her uh, her grown daughter. She had seen this little kid get into the pod and here Kara is a, a grown woman who's, um, you know, become this superhero. So uh, I, I thought all of that was, was really interesting. Yeah, I really liked the scene where she was like, well, what have you been doing with your life? And and Kara kind of gives her the like the download about what she's been up to and her family and we don't Supergirl. Sister. <laughs> yeah, I'm Supergirl. She she just starts the episodes. <laughs> she basically just does the intro from the episodes. <laughs> um, but no, I, I really liked her talking about like, oh, I have a sister and how excited her mom was to to learn that she had a sister. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, it was nice. I I, I wish they had gotten to have a little bit more time, but I think they I, I think there was a lot of exposition, but uh but they did a good job of trying to let both characters get filled in on what they missed. Um, but they also had those emotional things like the, what was that tree called that they talked about? Oh, yeah. I thought the tree was cool. The Daressa plant. Although if the tree was supposed to be growing with Kara, she should be much taller by yes. now. <laughs> that, it, was, it was way tall. Um, but so I think they had some of those little emotional beats in there that I thought were nice that it gave them a chance to reconnect. So, um, so that was, was really nice. And so, uh, I guess, uh, do we want to talk about Monel in Argo City really quickly? I, I know that was kind of a small part of the episode, but, uh, Andy, what did you think about, um, Monel and his, his little sightseeing that he was doing? That kid, I kept looking at him like, he means something to, to, Mon- to, to Birel. Uh, okay, I will say Monel, fine. Uh, I kept thinking, like, there's no, this, this is not ju- just some random kid that he decided to help. I mean, it was really sweet. I will admit that. It's nice to say that Monel has really grown as a hero and not and so on. Like, but I was, keep, I kept thinking, why this kid? Like, it feels like he knows who he's going to be in the future, and that's why he's, like, trying to fix him now, I guess, or something. But I like that, you know, it was, it, I don't want to say it felt forced. But I kind of wanted like, okay, was it just to show was that, hey, look how superheroing Monel has become, or is this setting up some sort of seed for these remaining episodes or for something for next season? I don't know. Like, I kept feeling there is something with this kid. I'm just going to assume from a time travel perspective to just leave around like future tech in the in the past. 
I mean, I don't know what the Time Bureau or what the Legends would say about this or Barry. Ah, the Legends are pretty light chill. <laughs> and, and, and does Barry really have any leg to stand on? <laughs> <laughs> Barry is a time menace. Yes, that's true. Stop messing with the timelines. This is oh, such a hypocrite. This Arrowverse It's like he doesn't go, get to go go back in time, but these oh, never mind. Uh, but it's like I wonder, like there is something with this kid, and I wonder if it's. I mean, I, it just—it can't just be that you just wanted to show us. Oh, look how good Monel has become. What do you think about that, Morgan? Do you think? Do what? What did you get out of that scene with Monel and the the little boy Val? Yeah, I I I think that was probably like a a scene to remind you that like Monel's like a a pretty nice bro now. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> remember him? Look at look at Monel. What a change he's made. <laughs> uh, but I did I did I did think it was nice as a as some character building stuff for Monel. Um, but also I, I thought it was interesting to just to learn more about Argo city that there, it seems like there are so many people who are sick in Argo. And I think they said it was like, it was hitting the, the young people and the elderly, the worst. So I think that was, you know, you can have Alora sort of do more of her exposition dumping, but to actually see it kind of brings it home that like, it would be a very big sacrifice to give up a little, even a little piece of this rock that's basically keeping them alive, especially when it's like not doing a great job of keeping them alive. What was the name of the kid? His name was Val. That's funny. That's Segel's father on Krippen. His uh, grandfather is named Val. Yeah, it could it could be sort of an Easter egg to that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I I just thought it was uh, a way for Monel to to remind us that he. Uh, was a guy from the future that he had future technology and I I thought it was nice that he uh, he went over there and he basically said hey I'm gonna do this nice thing for you and then you go turn around and do something nice for somebody else because um, so, to your point Morgan maybe there are other kids uh, in Argo City that have that same kind of problem and that maybe they can uh, get them healed so I think that was a it was a really sweet scene I thought it was very nice I was very mon positive this episode because I was surprised that Monel did not take this opportunity on this little road trip to Argo City to be like, Cara, I'm still in love with you. I think I want to break things off with my wife. Like, I thought he was going to use this as a way to, like, confess some feelings or whatever. But he was just along for the ride, and he was there to help, and he was there uh, to give Cara some moral support. And so I was like, I am so surprised that this did not turn into a weird, awkward situation. So I welcomed the scene with the little boy. I thought it was very cute, um, and it was a great way to show that uh, that Monel uh, could could look and, and and spot somebody who needed some help. I'm Mon neutral. That's okay. <laughs> I think Mon neutral is a good place. It's a good place to sit. Yeah, I think I was I think I was Mon positive in this one that he was he was fine. He uh, he helped a little boy, um, and uh, and he he told. Um, car's mom that she was a, a pretty cool superhero on earth which i think was nice i think it's you know it's 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 cool for Alora to hear from somebody who's not car like how big of an impact she's making where she is yeah and that might be something we could maybe talk a little bit about as well um just because Kara was still sort of debating the secret identity and she seemed to feel more at home on uh on our well, on Argo in Argo City, I guess is the best way to say that. Um, so, Andy, do you have any feelings about Kara uh, connecting more to her Kryptonian side while she's hanging out in Argo City? Well, I, you know, you said something there, like you know, secret identity, and I was thinking, what secret identity? 
When's the last time we saw Cara Danvers on this show? Has she been at work this season? At least in the last six weeks? Uh, she was wearing the glasses in that elevator scene with Lena in Shelter from the Storm. But uh, I think it was last week where she showed up to Catco in her car, Danvers outfit, and James was like, what are you doing here? I didn't think you worked here anymore. <laughs> that. <Wow. laughs> That's what it. That's what. It, that's how I read that scene. Uh, so we've only seen a little bit of Kara Danvers. It's a conflict for me because, while on the one hand I get the the logistics of this secret identity uh, struggle arc they're going through because of Lena, for me, like I haven't seen Kara Danvers this season that much. So that's why I'm kind of like I don't really believe this. I don't believe that she is struggling this much over because. Has she really been Cara Danvers that much this year? And I know there's been, I mean, I know there's been episodes here and there and whatnot, but it's like, when's the last time she wrote an article? When's the last time she just, you know, was just Cara Danvers and not Cara Zorel? And so that's what, for me, like, I can't really buy it, like, her whole, I don't know what to do and stuff. Like, I'm like, well, girl, you don't have to do anything because you don't really have a secret identity. Like, the only dilemma you have is with Lena. So... Maybe harsh truth, but it's like for me, like, I just don't know how to connect with that arc because I'm like, well, what is she fighting for? But it, besides the whole, like, will I tell Lena or not? Because there, I know I feel like that that's something the season has missed a little bit. You know, the Danvers part of Car Danvers or of Supergirl, I suppose. Yeah, Morgan, do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, about Car leaning into being more Car Zorel uh, in Argo City and and hurt? I mean, she was visually. Uh, Supergirl, the House of L, in uh, wearing her super suit in uh, a Kryptonian setting. So she she wanted to be Kara Zor L. Do, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that in the beginning of the season, she does say like uh, when she's still really upset that she's going to sort of leave Kara Danvers behind and be all Supergirl. And I think she learns the lesson early on that like that's not a good idea, and she really needs to still be Kara. And then I think the show kind of forgot about Kara for like a good portion of this season. We haven't really seen her. I mean, I think we were talking about this in last week's episode, even that we haven't seen her at work barely at all. So that like when she does show up at CatCo, I'm like, what's she doing there? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's literally the only reason she's employed is because she's like real good friends with the CEO. Uh, O's (laughs) like plural. Um, otherwise it's pure nepotism that she still has a job because she doesn't even show up. Uh, so I do think that the, this season has been missing a lot of Cara Danvers. Um, and I think that, uh, I, I do miss that side of the show. That's a little bit more grounded in Cara's life and allowing her to have that kind of more normal life. Now we really only see her as, as Supergirl and as Cara Zorel. And I think that this episode really kind of brought that home because now she's, back with uh with kryptonians uh she's sort of back in her home yeah i i liked getting to see kara like be kara zorel like at her base self she is kara zorel that is her true self um so it was neat to get to see her in that kryptonian element she uh recognized the kryptonese which there was a lot of which made me very happy um (laughs) there were you know uh, there was a high council that she got to speak to she got to uh even wear some of the kryptonian uh clothing that they kind of borrowed uh to to put on another disguise so i did like that part of it but i'm 
actually really confused, and I think, Morgan, you mentioned this, I'm very confused about what the season is trying to say about Kara, because at the beginning of the season, she is upset with herself. She thinks that Kara Danvers is a sad girl who lost her boyfriend, and then at one point, to beat Rain, Alex is like, you need to be Kryptonian, that's the only way you're going to beat her, and then by Legion of Superheroes, she realizes, oh, Kara Danvers is what I need to get out of this mind prison slash coma loft. So I I don't know what the show is trying to say because at some point it, it made it seem like Kara wanted to lean into her Supergirl side and her Kryptonian side, but then she realized how important Kara Danvers was. But now she's gone back into, oh, well, I want to be Kara Zor-El and give up the Kara Danvers secret identity altogether. So I'm really, it's I'm getting a little whiplash with this uh, this. Uh, this uh, theme of Kara's identity, it's kind of, it's kind of been a little confusing for me. Fun trivia. Melissa Benoist was in a movie called Whiplash. That is true. The yeah. more you know. That was not an intentional pun. I felt smart for once. But no, I I agree. I, I'm not really sure what they're trying to say with the, um, with the sort of the dual sides of, of her character in this season. Last season, wasn't the theme of last season like, you know, how, you know, can she be both, both Supergirl and Kara? I, I feel like this should... It almost like this season is trying to do that arc again, but it's leaning more towards, no, she can really only be Supergirl. Yeah, I think every season of Supergirl is like, well, can she be both? It's it's uh, like that's always been her her big arc. And it's kind of frustrating because I, I feel like Kara is more than just her dual identity. So it's it's getting a little bit trite for me. But... And I, and I don't know where they're going to go with this. I think that they may push Kara to want to spend more time with her mother or, or spend time in Argo City um, because, again, that has happened in the comics, that they have explored that idea that now that she knows that there are Kryptonians, maybe she wants to spend time with them. Um, but I think, you know, that does kind of make me sad because she spent all this time on Earth and she's become like a human, they even talk about it in the episode that the councilman says, um, like Kara says, you know, the people of Earth share I- uh, share our ideals. They're more like us than you realize. And the council, the councilman, whose name was Julius, uh, says, or perhaps you become more like them than you realize. So maybe she has to realize that she uh, needs to choose Earth as her home, that she has become uh, uh, like humans, that she uh, cares about humans. So I don't know. It, it's very confusing to me on what they're trying to say about all of this, but uh, it's definitely still something she's dealing with. Quick shout out, by the way. I was really impressed with the fact that the council was, if you look around, the whole, I mean, when you get a chance to, it's it's a lot of people of color and diversity. I was like, that, this is the most diverse council I've seen in any sci-fi show in, a, in quite a while. I mean, Krypton is doing that too, but I was I was very surprised. Was super, I mean, not that, not that every council member had a big role to play, but I was like, wow, not just a bunch of white people. I have no, nothing is white people. I was just impressed. I was like, hey, that's kind of cool. Well, uh, since we're talking about the council, I really want to talk about this really important reveal that happened. As I'd say, speaking of the council, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, Morgan, um, I think you might have some thoughts on this as well. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts about uh, the reveal of the fact that we kind of already knew one of the council members uh, th- uh, because she's been around all season? Uh, what did you think about that? I, I felt kind of dumb because... At the end of the episode, when she puts up the hood, I went, 
Oh yeah. I was I wasn't sure if it was something where everybody picked it up immediately when she showed up on screen and because I have a very bad memory, I didn't or if it was something where we were supposed to not realize that that was the character that we've been seeing all season cuz I do feel like we've seen her face before. Yeah, I the whole time I was watching those council scenes, I was like, she looks really familiar. So, yes, so familiar. I was like, what have? But I was like, have I seen this actress and stuff before? Is that why she's so familiar? Yes, I have seen her and stuff before. Supergirl <laughs> <laughs> in multiple episodes this season. <laughs> so many of them. Yeah, but I I was like, she looks familiar. She looks familiar. And then when they did that reveal, I was like, oh, got it, got it. But what I felt dumb about uh, more than just that was the fact that um, I didn't connect the dots about who she really is. The uh, IMDb kept referring to her as the dark Kryptonian. That's how she was listed the whole time. But we knew uh, since the episode Trinity that they mentioned that the world killers were created by Kryptonian witches. And that should have been the big clincher for me. I, I can't believe I missed it. Um, they even say that there were parables in the Book of Rao about witches joining hands to create a blessed darkness. And I was like, that should have sent uh, red flags and, and whistles and bells up in my brain because when her name was mentioned, when Allura called her Selena, I like flipped out. I was like, are you serious? We could get S Selena on Supergirl. And that is very exciting to me because she was first introduced in Supergirl the movie, which Morgan hasn't seen, but we're going to get there. <laughs> you haven't it's seen that on movie? the list. No, I haven't. <laughs> it's on the to-do list because you would love Selena. She's crazy. I love her so much. <laughs> um, but uh, she was in Supergirl the movie, and she's also recently been in DC Rebirth. That was the first time, I believe, that she was introduced into the comics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember Selena? She, like, hung out with Cat Grant a lot. She totally, like, messed up Cat Grant's office. Didn't I have, like, a whole theory about, uh, about her in the comics? Yeah, because I think we thought... I, I we were so behind on rebirth. We're so behind. I'm sure. I'm sure that this has turned out to be very false by now. <laughs> but uh, I think you know, Selena has a lot of powers where she can kind of manipulate things with her magic, and she's pretty powerful. So I, I would not be surprised if we hear her say something like, you know, "Power of Shadow" at some point at the end of the season, uh, because that's kind of Selena's catchphrase from the film. Uh, but I got really, really excited about the notion that this woman that we have seen this whole time is Selena because I'm hoping I don't want to set myself up for a fall but she would be a great big bad for season four I'm hoping they're kind of easing her in to maybe like making her uh someone who will stick around in season four because I got really excited about her and she seemed to help Supergirl out um Andy do you think that the uh the uh, the, the box she gave up that little bit of the rock that she gave up do you think that's gonna going to help things or do you think maybe she's uh she's got some plan working behind the scenes okay let's just get one thing straight that was totally black kryptonite wasn't it anything is possible that's not a yes or no rebecca give me a different uh, well, I, I don't i don't know i don't know <laughs> because i look at that i'm like I'm, i remember an episode of smallville of season four that's that looks very much like that rock rock we're on a piece of krypton and it's a black meteor rock. Are they doing the black kryptonite thing? Like they're gonna try and separate Sam and um, Rain from each other? Because I was like, 
why do not like they're not giving this a proper name? Like, what is this? This is totally some form of kryptonite, and it must be black. Well, we did have we did have a listener who mentioned that as a theory that they might be using black kryptonite to uh, separate the two personalities. So I think it's very possible. Now, the one thing I didn't understand about Selena is that, okay, so she doesn't have like an evil twin that is on like Earth, and then one who like okay, th- this is the same person. She's somehow communicating with the world killers on Earth from Argo. She is in in the Fortress of Sanctuary on Earth. She is like a hologram. She's she's like the Alora hologram that we saw a lot in season one of Supergirl. So she's not I... she's not physically there. She's just like a hologram. Got gotcha. Yeah, I thought that was again when I heard Selena, I'm like. Is it bad that the first thing I think of is Selena from the movie? Because like, they, they wouldn't do that, would they? And then, well, I guess they did. I don't know. Have they come out and said that it is like that's it's the Selena from the movie? I don't know if there's been like an official con- confirmation, but I believe if I remember correctly, when I was looking at the c- closed captioning, because now with the uh, weird names that they're throwing out, like they, they, mentioned, <laughs> they mentioned Harnell or Harinell, however they pronounce it. Uh, I was like, how do you spell that? So I was like, oh, I'm going to put the closed captioning on to figure that out. Um, I did notice that the Selena was spelled S-E-L-E-N-A, which is how Selena from the movie and the comics is spelled. So I am like 99.9% sure that this is the sorceress, a black uh, magic witch uh, from Supergirl canon. I'm still trying to understand the concept of Kryptonian magic because I've just... We've never seen that much of it in other Superman media. So that's kind of what intrigued me. I'm like, well, how do... I remember because the night when they introduced, like, you know, Kryptonian Witches, I was like, Rebecca, is this a thing? Or how do I like, explain? And you were like, I don't know. Well, no, I... And I remember that conversation because I was like, I don't I don't know anything about that. Uh, but I'm hoping maybe this will open the door for uh, werewolves. Yes! Lauren! <laughs> so, so season four needs to introduce a hot Kryptonian werewolf uh, that has somehow been... Uh, you know, some, some some form of magic creates him. I think I could go with that. Uh, so maybe maybe this will open doors for other weird Kryptonian things uh, that can come from that. So yeah, I, I think the uh, Selena thing was very exciting for me personally. Um, and so Alex and, and Ruby, but more so Alex, had a big story in this episode. So Andy, what did you think about the, uh, Alex ha- even had a little bit of a kind of a dual identity thing that she was going through in this episode as well. So what did you think about what, what Alex was going through this week? I'm a huge Alex fan. So like there's, there's rarely a time where I'm just like, where I'm not enjoying an arc with Alex. I thought it was it was kind of nice that she kind of because she does a lot of dangerous stuff every season, every episode, and the fact that she kind of is beginning to see her own like kind of facing her own mortality was kind of I kind of thought that it, she hasn't done it soon. But I feel like you know season three, which is usually the darker uh, seasons of you know genre shows, I feel like this is probably a good time to kind of for her to explore that, and I'm. I don't. I feel like she might leave the DEO by the end of the season because she kind of wants to. I don't know, not risking you know having to die every week. Like the fact that she's like, there's a list of people I can l- name who wants to kill me. I'm like, <laughs> bro, that must be a long list. I was like, this is really sad. It's really sad that she has like a list, and this is a good person. So I, it was, it was really compelling. And with Ruby, I, I'm gonna admit it. I have. Not giving a damn about Ruby this whole season, but in this episode, I it was 
I felt like she was asking the right questions for once. Also because I was really pissed with Wen because I'm like, Wen, where did that come that attitude come from? I felt so bad for her. He was he was stressed and tired and he hadn't eaten. His stuff was still in the microwave. He was, he ha- was he hangry. Was, he was hangry. He <laughs> needed something to eat. I I just I just felt really bad for him. I like, oh, they're just doing it so that they can justify like why he wants to go and be with her later on and so on. Like I kinda wish that it had started being that they had connected and then kinda he had been like well, you know, he, he was talking about the whole fear of becoming like his dad and so on. She, you know, being afraid of becoming like her mom or whatever and so on. Like, I like, I didn't feel like we, it was, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it was typical CW drama just for the sake of it. Like, we, he needed to be a dude just because this, the plot dictated it. Because I, I would have loved if they just connected immediately because he's like, well, crap, she's like me, but like, you know, she's a 12 year old who's basically going through what I almost went through. Or maybe still going for I don't know. I, I guess he's still dealing with his inner darkness or whatnot. So I I really felt for Ruby and I felt it was, you know, she was asking all the right stuff. And um yeah, so I'm you know, I think that. Uh Morgan, what do you think about Alex? Can she be a mom and a DEO agent? And also does she have superpowers? Because some of the stuff that she was doing <laughs> Yes. Can can we talk about that, please? <laughs> uh so first of all, she can definitely have it all. Uh, <laughs> um I, I did think it was I did think it was cool that she when she's talking to Jean at the end of the episode, she's like, This is a thing I really know about myself is that I really want kids. And this is a thing that I really know about myself is that I'm gonna keep doing weird suicidal jumps off of buildings. <laughs> <laughs> And how how can I balance my need to parkour with my need to <laughs> with my need to have a child? I, I thought that was it. I mean, but I feel like that's a it's an interesting conundrum for people who have jobs that are dangerous or or that can be dangerous. Um, is that you have to sort of you have to go out. I guess you have to kind of put that out of your mind because you are at some point doing a job and that's what you have to do. But you're taking a risk and um, and you're, you know, if you have children, that's a risk that you're sort of taking for them as well. So I think that that probably is a, a really big decision that would weigh on you. And I think that this season, she's sort of just coming to the realization that, you know, the reason that her and Maggie broke up was because she realized how much she really wants to have kids. And now I think that she's sort of now that she's thinking about it more, she's kind of coming to the realization that either some things might have to change or she might have to like look at things a little bit differently. Um, and I thought that that was really interesting. I liked that they, they tackled that, that subject. And I thought that they did a really good job. And I've been really loving all of the scenes with, um, with Alex and John in the last couple of episodes of the season. I think that anytime that you put those two actors in a scene together, it's always like, it's always going to be a good scene. Um, so I love the Alex and John stuff, but seriously though, when did she get superpowers? She like pulled herself up magically. I laughed so hard. And then I was like, what did, I thought there was going to be a reveal that actually like another (laughs) shapeshifter had been pretending to be Alex, like a third. I was like, well, it can't be John. Because we clearly saw him unshape shift. So do they have like another pal who can do that? I have a theory. I have a theory. She just jumped straight up into the air 
Like that's not, that shouldn't be possible. It was so, it was so over the top that like I laughed and I'm not <laughs> sure that that was what they were going. Not the for. intention. Uh, Andy, no. what, what, what's your, what's your theory? Sarah sent her an I Gideon and how to do it. Well, you know what, what Sarah could do, could, could have done that. Well, Sarah, Sarah Lance can do anything. <laughs> Well, so can Alex Danvers. Well, okay, but I feel like Sarah exists in a a barely realistic universe, whereas <laughs> Alex has been more constrained by being a human being uh, for the <laughs> for most of I'm the run of this show. Alex has just been working on her upper arm strength, and it's it's really been paying off for her. You know what it was? It was like when Rain snapped her tibia, it came back stronger <laughs> and more angry. <laughs> What it's like kill at you? this time it's personal <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger i guess i guess so that was like not even the laws of physics she was defying but she she got that guy so that's, uh, that's she sure did that's all that matters um but yeah i i liked the alex stuff i liked the um the inward you know she was looking edward inward to herself and trying to figure out what she felt about all this. And I like that she was thinking about Ruby or whatever potential child that she will have in the future. I don't know if she's going to end up adopting Ruby or uh, how that's going to go. Maybe Ruby's just kind of like a, like a run through for her as a mother to kind of figure out how to be a mom. Wow. I don't know. I don't, because I don't know if (laughs) maybe maybe Ruby's a trial run, but because, because I don't know if Sam is going to make it. And if Sam comes back, then maybe she'll, you know, uh, resume mother duties for Ruby, and maybe uh, Alex will just be relegated to the the cool Aunt Alex again. I don't I don't know how that's gonna go. Ruby can have two moms. Ruby can have two moms. I mean, it's 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 possible. I mean, her original mom might have something to say about it. <laughs> Alex is like, you know what? Like while you were evil, I really like your daughter, so I'm gonna keep her. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, I dyed her hair. That means she's mine. <laughs> That's how, that's how it works, right? Also, can we have uh, like a moment of silence for Alex mo- Alex's motorcycle? R.I.P. She like just got that thing. She was so excited <laughs> about it. She's so the, excited. The new Kelly. <laughs> the new Kelly. Yes, let's pour one out. Pour one out for Alex's new bike. Um, but yeah, no, I I really um I liked the scene with uh, Jean and Alex, like you did, Morgan, and I think it's great that she has kind of a father figure there uh, because her father is uh, M.I.A. No one knows where he is. John. John knows. That's his big secret. What if that was his big secret? He's like, actually, we've been like, <sighs> you know, a because, drink every week. And <laughs> it's because of you guys that I've been so obsessed. I'm like, what was his big secret? Because I'm like, in that damn scenario, I'm like, it's a typical CW description. Exaggerate something that, that gets cut in the end. And maybe it's going to be on one of those DVD, uh, DVD Blu ray deleted scenes. Another reason to get the DVDs. You could finally find out. And if you do get that Blu-ray, disclaimer: we that scene. Please tweet me, (laughs) tweet us, let us know that it exists. Disclaimer: We would not pay for the seat of one home entertainment to say that. No, we just really want to know what the secret is. Um, Yes, but (laughs) but I thought the uh, the line that she says because she talks to uh, Jean about how when he recruited her for the DO. Uh, Jean gave her something to stand up for and something to devote her life to. And I thought that that was a really nice line because that could also apply to being a mom and having a kid. 
uh, that you would want to stand up for your kid and something, and you would devote your life to your kid. So I really like that. I think it's it's cool that they've gotten Alex to this point where she's starting to really think about this kind of stuff. She wants to be a mom, but what does that really mean? So I, I think it's been really neat to see her go through all of this. All right, so let's really quickly talk about uh, the two two. Uh, Two characters who have had a um, combative relationship uh, here lately, I guess is fair to say. Um, they're, kind of, they're kind of frenemies right now. <laughs> so we got to see Alina uh, have some uh, chatty time with uh, Rain because Rain is starting to feel a little little more sure of herself. Lena's stuff is starting to lose its power. Uh, so Andy, what did you think about uh, the conversations that Rain and Lena were having in this episode? I, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard during an episode of Super Bowl when I knew, knew, knew it was supposed to be something really serious. I'm like, Rain is trolling the heck out of <laughs> Lena. I could not stop laughing. Like I was like, Andy, this is supposed to be serious. She, she could kill her. I'm like, but at the same time, the other voice in my head says, you know, but look at her. Look how she's sitting look at that silly makeup that used to be worn by a stupid man look how this this it was ridiculous in a good way because i just thought it was just funny the fact that rain doesn't give an and i'm sure rebecca's gonna do an unnecessary bleep anyway because she can <laughs> and this was she, this was she did last time it was on the show so whatever but i just thought it was so like it was just like it's like when Brenda Strong as Lillian would troll Kara just for, for just for the sake of it. I'm like, this is that's how, how funny it was because Rain doesn't care. She's like, I know I can get out anytime I want. It's just a matter of time, and I'm playing this girl like nobody's business. So it was, it was. But at the same time, I'm I'm getting worried because I don't know if I want to see Lena go evil, and and I know I know Rebecca, I know Rebecca really wants that, yes. but at the same time. But, but I'm not <laughs> happy with the circumstances because she's like, Mwah, Supergirl told my boyfriend to go and hack into my vault. And so, Which but yeah. Which is not I, cool. Like, uncool friendship. <laughs> yeah, not a cool thing to do. That's not, right. yeah, that's, don't do that to your friend. If they have a vault, <laughs> be happy you have a friend with a vault. <laughs> I, don't know if I, I don't know if I have any friends that own don't vault. Don't that gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I mean, I have friends who are probably doing well for themselves, but I don't know if I have wealthy friends who, who can buy a vault. Well, maybe they're not telling you about the vault. I mean, if you have a vault. It's probably going to be a secret vault. Like you don't want a normal vault. You want a secret vault that's like hidden behind like a uh, like a portrait, like a painted <laughs> portrait. Maybe like some old books that you have to like yes. take the book off and it opens up a big. I'm not saying I've thought extensively about where I would put a secret <laughs> vault. I'm just saying this is this is the stuff I know about secret vaults. This is just maybe that thought process that people go through. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so Morgan, I, I since we're talking about Lena, I want your input on this because it's very, very important that we talk about this. <laughs> I don't okay, let's, let's, this. let's get to this. Let's do it. James mentions that Lena has been sleeping in the office again. <laughs> what do you think about that? I just feel like nobody who works at CatCo has a home and I'm concerned about it now. <laughs> now, James is very comfortable where he is under the desk. God willing, he's not going to move. <laughs> we, we can't get him out. He loves it there. <laughs> but I feel like Lena, Lena, we could get her into a home. <laughs> I feel like that's gonna be my my goal season four. I want to see Lena have a home. <laughs> There's just too many homeless characters on this 
<laughs> I, have, I have a theory. Remember last week when they shot like up in, you know, the upper floor, you know, when that crazy cold came back? Yeah. I, I, I bet that's a bunch of bedrooms. And that's why they were like, they didn't care. Like, uh, no one is up there. Well, that would be, <laughs> that would <laughs> maybe be even worse if you were like sleeping and then all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden you're like, just, wa- you're just, well, then you're, well, doing then you're not doing, and... <laughs> well, well, then you're not doing your job if you're sleeping on the, on the, on the job. That's, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but what about that nah. one person who's homesick? That's a rough day for them. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Hope you had a will. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny that uh, they they made they made a concerted effort to mention that Lena had been sleeping in the office again. I yeah. Think I mean, uh... this podcast. I think he's responding to you guys <laughs> through this episode. <laughs> Uh, I I've put it out in the universe so many times that I've that I've I've taken away homes from James and Lena. Apparently, <laughs> now they just live in the building. Um. Well, in addition to that, I guess in a more serious note, uh, Rain did troll, like Andy said, did troll Lena quite a bit. She talks about how uh, she thinks that Lena is like her and that she has all of this anger and distrust inside of her. Uh, so what what do you think uh, is going on with Lena now? Do you think that she's going to give in to that, or is, you know, is Rain right, or uh, uh, what, or maybe Rain is wrong? What do you think? Yeah, I think that Rain is. I I don't know that that Rain is right. I think there was she was so conflicted about what she should do, and she was really facing a like a really huge moral conundrum, which is that if you know that this this uh that rain is gonna get out and like just wipe out like a ton of people and you can stop that but then you'd have to kill your friend like what do you do and i i really felt for lena in this episode she was in really an impossible situation i thought that the conversation that she had with james james was being like very chill about her situation he was just kind of like you know what you have to do and i was like is it m- murder? <laughs> is that is that the side that you're down coming down on? Because uh, it just seems it seemed almost a little out of character that he would be like he didn't seem very conflicted. He was just like, I think we both need- know that she needs to. <laughs> good night, good night, Sam. And I was like. Oh man, James! <laughs> like, whoa! You've been hanging out with Lena like two weeks, and now you're just like so chill with murder. <laughs> two weeks? Come on, let's not, come on. It's been it's been at least half a season. Now. I mean, we, we don't we don't know how time is progressing in this show. <laughs> but true. But um, no, I just I I I kind of I it was a little thrown off by that because I figured that James is going to be more of the voice of like Supergirl esque morality and being like you know it like murder's bad and you shouldn't do it and he was just kind of like well I mean when it comes down to it what you gonna do shrug and I was like oh okay but well, uh, well, but I mean what would Guardian it, do was it yeah it, it he was like you know Guardian. Good night. But uh, <laughs> it was, it really was like a, a tough choice because if Rain gets out of that containment before Supergirl comes back, there's literally nothing anyone can do. Like Rain can just kill whoever she wants. So I, I mean, I really felt for Lena in that situation, especially because Rain is not just some some person who's like a human being that they're trying to save. Rain is her really good friend Sam, whose daughter she knows and likes, and 
So I really felt for her, like her conflicting emotions. And I think that in that sense, I think Lena is willing to do the hard thing and like make the really tough choice that like Kara or Supergirl couldn't like would have a really hard time making. I think Lena would make it faster, but I don't think that she would make it like conflict free. So I don't think that she's like Rain saying that she's kind of like, oh, you're just like me. It's like, well, you're sort of a homicidal. So that's one difference. <laughs> And now, Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? Also, have you seen Lena's makeup? It's perfect. And like, what is going on with Rain's eyeshadow? It was just all What's, on the side. What of is face. not perfect with Lena Luther? You know what? I would also, <laughs> if I been Lena Luther, I would also say, you know, girl, how do you know me? You've been sleeping for half, most of the time. You've been in here. <laughs> I just like that Lena is like it's it's canon that Lena has been sleeping in her office, and yet somehow she managed that hairdo. Like, I mean, she how? she might have a kit, a kit of, you know, necessary things. I think that she just calls, like, she just has a hair person on speed dial. And she was just like, I want a very elaborate hairdo. I might have to murder my best friend today. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, was I the only one who kind of laughed when she was like, when she kind of like snapped at like the guard who was like, please don't blow up my lap. I'm like, okay. She was, yeah, she was getting a little testy. A little testy. And she was still there um, in that lab working on, you know, I guess, kryptonite radiation uh, in her nice dress and, and heels. Uh, so no lab coats. Hey, hold on. How did you know she had heels? I'm pretty sure I saw her. Are you this desperate? You're looking at on her feet now? I want to say there was like a wide shot. Girl, girl, I'm not listen, like listen. looking at her I li- shoes. I just, I think girl, I remember girl, girl, a girl, wide shot. I, I love the. Lena's gonna be wearing heels. <laughs> it doesn't matter how impractical it is. I'm surprised her shoulders were in. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. She's reining in all of that power. I was about to say maybe well, that's why um, she reining in all that power. She couldn't figure it, figure this out in time. Really, she needed just needed to let her superpowers <laughs> and her shoulders. <laughs> That is when she's gonna have her breakthrough. Don't hide your light under uh, a sleeve. <laughs> I, I I can picture my I can picture Morgan if we talk to Katie McGrath at Comic Con this summer. I bet one of your questions is gonna be like, talk to me about your wardrobe for this character. <laughs> While- All of my questions are gonna be about. Her <laughs> and, and then the whole roundtable becomes about that, and it becomes the best interview in the century. I mean, we can only hope. Well, you know, I mean, those would be good questions because I really can't talk about the new season anyway. No, they always sit down. They're like, we can't tell you anything. It's like, cool. Cool. Uh, That narrows all of my questions. Yeah. It's going to be an awkward four minutes. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So while you're there, just chat it up about uh, that weird Cruella DeVille coat that she had on that one time. Oh, that's seared into my memory. (laughs) So I think uh, that's got to be asked uh, when you guys go. this has been Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Lena had a tough choice. Uh, she, she even vocalizes that it's, you know, it's Sam or the world. That's a really big problem that you would have. And uh, so that's, that's got to be a tough burden that she, she has on her shoulders. So uh, even if, shoulders. You know, no matter if they're covered or not, it's a, it's a, it's a heavy, <laughs> heavy burden on someone's shoulders. So we'll see uh, how Rain and Lena end up, uh, what, what 
what ends up uh, happening in their little conflict that they have uh, together. Uh, but yeah, definitely a lot of sparks between Rain and Lena in this one. All right, well, uh, I think we covered about everything. So, uh, Andy, what were your overall thoughts about uh, Dark Side of the Moon? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Where did you come down on it? Really enjoyed it. Uh, besides a few weird spots, I mean, nothing earth-shattering. It was, you know, it was, you know, just a little off for me. But, you know, it was a really enjoyable episode. I think uh, Alora and Kara was uh, the home, the, the the selling point of this whole episode. It was the ho- biggest highlight for me. And I... Again, I could, I, I, I feel I need to bring all the trolls of the Arrowverse together at some point. Like, I, really, this episode wants me to pitch a show to Greg Boland and be like, "Listen, bring all the trolls together and just do a sitcom." I, I mean, you are, I mean, you, I know you want to want do one. So, because I, I couldn't stop laughing when Rain was just like, I mean, I was like, it's like she's reading internet comments from YouTube or something and just testing Lena like nobody's business. I, I think the ending was, I know it was supposed to be a cliffhanger, but that was really choppy. Yeah, it was a little bit of a weak ending, I thought. Did we miss a shot? Like it, it, like, it didn't, because when they do cliffhangers, they do it in style. This kind of felt very, you know, very much like some of the cliffhangers that Krypton has had this season. I'm not going to spoil it for Morgan, who I know is going to watch all 10 episodes before the end of June. Um, oh, because yeah. Yeah, she is. Otherwise, Get right be, on that. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, she's gonna have a long list of podcasts to plug in season four. And uh, but they kind of did choppy endings there as well. So I kind of feel like this doesn't feel like a supergirl cliffhanger traditional sense of way to do it because it kind of felt like, oh, are we going to commercial or like, nope, the logo, okay. I guess we're done. I disagree. I thought it was actually very traditional Supergirl because uh, many times we have seen. Uh, last shots of episodes where it's uh, a hero and a villain clashing together. Usually it's in mid-flight, uh, mid-air clashes. Uh, so that that is a very Supergirl thing to do. But this one, it was kind of like, eh, it was all right. Where was Manal going? I just need, and like, where was he going? Was he going for her or was he running to Lena? I guess we'll find out next week. We'll have to see how that fight finishes. Uh, Morgan, uh, where did you come down on this episode? Uh, was it a was it a good one, a bad one? What did you think? I liked it too. I thought that it was. Um, I thought that most of the storylines worked really well, and I liked the, you know, sort of the characters we got spotlighted in this one. I thought that they used the ensemble pretty well in this one. I think everybody got like a pretty good moment to shine. Um, I I wish that we had more time in Argo City. I thought it was so cool. Um, getting to see just a little bit of it and it felt like we sort of just landed and then we were leaving again um, and I guess I would have liked a little bit more of that but it wouldn't have made much sense where we are in the season for the for car to just kind of kick it uh, on Argo City <laughs> with her mom uh, you know while Lena's like please don't snap my spine in half um, so <laughs> so I mean I, I understood why it had to be a brief trip but I, I'm very interested in the, the Argo City stuff and, and seeing when and uh, when that'll come back into play so I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good episode some great Alex stuff some good Ruby stuff yeah Win was a little weird in this one but I think that he redeemed himself with his uh, you know being like, oh yeah, my my parent was a supervillain too, which is not something that you can usually say to somebody. So I mean, I felt like they could really bond. Yeah, they connected on that that uh, level of your parent trying to kill you. Um, 
but yeah, I this episode surprised me. I didn't know how I was going to feel about it, and I ended up enjoying it a lot. Uh, I uh, uh, like you, Morgan. I really enjoyed the Argo City bits. Um, I was surprised by how much I liked this new version of Allura, which is basically the the old version. I mean, she it's the same character. It's just a new actress and a new portrayal. Uh, but I was surprised by how much I did like uh, this Allura, and I. I really enjoyed the Selena reveal. That is my favorite thing in this episode. I'm very <laughs> excited. And I just think writing-wise, I think they've done, even though I'm a little kind of confused about the Cara Danvers Supergirl stuff, I think it's been really cool that they've given all of these characters some kind of identity problem to deal with. Cara, of course, has her secret identity and the Cara Danvers versus Cara Zor-El versus Supergirl thing. Uh, Lena has this uh, thing about, you know, trying to overcome her Lutherness. James has been dealing with the uh, vigilante guardian situation Monel uh his is I guess uh being a legionnaire and also being a husband and what he needs to do about that and then of course Mirin or Marin however you want to pronounce it um <laughs> he even has to like fight to 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 not lose part of his identity uh, because of what he's going through with his memory so I think it's really cool and really well uh, plotted out and and written in terms of character beats that every character on the show seems to be going through some kind of uh, identity crisis. Even when I guess is kind of like Lena trying to fight that bad possible evil side of him. I think even Alex, if you think about it, like she was uh, in this episode weighing the different parts of her right. identity that she really wants to have uh, a family and have children, and then also wants to just re- jump off ridiculously high buildings, and that's. <laughs> sometimes that two things that shouldn't go together. But, you know, she pulled it off. She made it work. Uh, so maybe she can't have it all. So I do like that the, these characters are all going through something uh, like that this season. So I think that's very cool. Well, I have one more part. I have one more part. I was really impressed by, by the design of Argo say that it was very practical. And I, I guess, I mean, those people must have worked really hard on using Vancouver to their best i mean there was a lot of they use a lot of you can see a lot of vancouver in there but very argoed yeah they did a good job of showing the sort of dichotomy of argo city you had the really tall sort of futuristic looking buildings and then you had the marketplace uh which looked like you know a little um maybe maybe a poorer section uh you know merchants and and things like that uh not as maybe high class as some of the people who are in the the tall buildings um so i I thought that that was a really cool way to show the the differences maybe in the in the culture and the people and i i would agree that the effects uh, in the way they depicted argo was very cool that you know that uh, big wide shot of of Argo and even seeing Argo through the reflection of the spaceship that Kara and Monel were riding in I thought I thought was really cool they they made it look beautiful I mean, it was beautiful so it was very um, uh, nice to look at so I would agree about that well I think that's going to do it for our discussion so uh, let's find out what our listeners had to say about Dark Side of the Moon we have a tweet from uh, at Chris Fundalinski she said totally loving bringing Argo City into the mix with all the struggles of Supergirl and her identity lately, it was great to see her be Kara uh, Zor-El with Allura. And the Easter eggs of Selena and the Kryptonian rings were cool. Um, at Patty Mello 20 said, I love Erica Durant's to death. She's my favorite Lois Lane, but I can't see her as Allura. It's just not convincing. That Alex storyline was so out of place. I don't understand why they removed her from the main plot. How is Colt Lady talking to Rain from Argo? Mm. That's a good question. Skype. Um, 
<laughs> Skype, yes. <laughs> That's exactly how she's doing it. Um, <laughs> at Jesso13, it was cool to see a part of Argo City, and I'm happy for Kara finding her mom again. But I really don't want her to abandon her Earth family, especially Alex, and go without Kara telling Lena the truth. Lena is in a tough spot and saying, I feel so bad for Lena every episode is just sad. <laughs> That's true. She's had a real rough run of it. Um, at Madtown Davidson said, the twist that Argo City and Alora survived is neat. I wish the CW had made more of an effort to keep it secret. I couldn't tell. Did Lena press the button to try to kill Rain and it didn't work? Or did she not press the button? I think she just turned it up. I think she just turned it up, too. I don't think she was at, like, critical uh, killing part yeah, yet. Yeah, she, she just uh, wanted to show Rain that she was meaning business. Yeah. Uh, at Mark HBPWM said, I... Did you notice the green glow towards the bottom of the Argo City planetoid? I wonder if, like the comics version, it's turning to kryptonite. There were some Ooh. green specks underneath in the the, the rock part. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's very possible. There's there's something down there. Well, hold on. If that good. was kryptonite, if that was kryptonite, why didn't it hurt Kara then? Well, see, that's the thing about kryptonite, right? I mean, kryptonite doesn't really affect them until they get to Earth. It, that was always my understanding of kryptonite. I don't think kryptonite oh, I would guess, affect you if you were on a Kryptonian planet. I guess the yellow sun wasn't close enough at that point. At Shop 23 said, very cool twist for Kara to find Argo City. I thought the reunion between Kara and Alora would have been more emotional, but maybe it isn't the Kryptonian way. Lena making the hard choice to kill Rain slash Sam was so sad. I don't think Lena is bad. She's just faced with impossible choices. So some people do seem to think that Lena hit the button to, to kill her. She was just pulling it up, like like pulling up like the meters or something. I didn't. I feel like, I feel like we should poll. We should be like, how many people think she she was killing her? We could definitely do that. That is something that we will do. At SL Fricky uh, said, Alex articulates the issue I have with the idea of her adopting Ruby in general, let alone as a single mother. So how about if Sam dies, in, we instead get a feeling guilty uh, Lena to adopt Ruby since her financial stability and less hazardous day job seems a pretty good life for her. Just to be clear, I'm not throwing shade at single parents, just saying that if Alex was to die while raising Ruby and didn't have a partner to look after her, uh, after, that'd be even more strife to put on the kid. I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, Lena does seem to have more resources. She has the invisible mansion. Uh, she has uh, a lot more money. Uh, so I think it is, you know, something to think about that Lena could take Ruby in if needed. Uh, but I think Alex has been doing more of the emotional uh, caretaking with Ruby. She's been the one to talk with Ruby about all this stuff with her mom. She's been the one trying to cheer her up and make her feel better. Lena's been the one who's been like, I'm going to take care of all your needs. I'm going to buy you all the ice cream that you could possibly want. I'm going to buy you this skating rink. I'm, Don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to make well, sure Is that what she wants? Uh, or maybe or maybe Lena is just buying that skating rink for herself. It is very possible. <laughs> just She's like I bought this coat and now I need to buy this skating rink <laughs> to justify I've it. I got to be able to wear this Gorilla Deville coat somewhere. Uh, so I, I think it is, uh, something to be said that maybe Lena's been the one to kind of take care of all the financials and all of the things that Ruby needs. And maybe, uh, Alex is the one who's been, uh, taking care of all the emotional needs. They can just co-parent. That's true. They could just team up. Ship it. Uh, <laughs> uh, at Cleo Stan said, Alex got Ruby and Ada Lovelace book, which was a very cool, uh, 
like little nod, I think. Yeah, like, I, I had, she did that. I had never heard of Ada Lovelace. Uh, turns yeah, out, yeah, who's that? The- she's oh, a, really? she's a mathematician who is considered to have written instructions for the first computer program in the mid 1800s. So she was a super smart lady. Yeah, she's not mentioned very much actually, but uh, she's very, very cool when you start like looking into her. Well, we have an email from New Rachel who also mentioned Ada Lovelace. She said, uh, she writes, uh, quote, I enjoyed the small detail of Alex giving Ruby a book about Ada Lovelace. It seemed very in character for Alex, and based on what I could find about Ada, she sounds like someone Alex would have looked up to. Uh, New Rachel also writes, also last week when the promotional pictures for this episode were released, Tumblr users Motorcycle Girlfriends and Super Dash Lad did a translation of the Kryptonian slash Kryptonese writing on the memorial, which matches up with what Kara said in the episode. So that was a nice detail. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think they had, um, I looked at their uh, posts and they had a little bit uh, better look at uh at it than i did my, my translations were adequate but they weren't uh full so um so those tumblr users uh got more out of those promotional pictures than i did so uh well done to those people uh new rachel also says and i almost can't believe i'm saying this but i was mon positive this week he was helpful and supportive of Kara throughout the episode and his scene where he helped val Named after Kara's great-great-grandfather Val L, possibly? I think uh, uh, Andy also mentioned that. Uh, was also nice to see. Uh, and new Rachel ends uh, her email with, it was a really solid email throughout. Uh, n- not email. <laughs> I, re- I, re- I keep thinking about emails. It was, I mean, new Rachel, this is a very solid <laughs> This email. is a it, solid email. I mean, a... A plus with a, a star at the bottom. A plus plus email. Uh, it was a really not, a really solid episode throughout. Very emotional <laughs> for several of our heroes. Definitely one of my favorites of the season. P.S. R.I.P. Alex's motorcycle. Unquote. Uh, so we have an email from Alex who writes: For the second time in the last several episodes, Lena was addressed by her full name, Lena Kieran Luther. A few weeks ago, it was during her D.E.O. interview, and this week it was by Rain. I had heard that the name Kieran is translated from Gaelic to English to mean a little dark one. And I think I think Alex heard that from us. I, I'm just making an assumption, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, rem- I remember you guys yeah. saying that. I feel like that's maybe where you 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 heard that from. <laughs> <laughs> Alex says, I don't think that it is a coincidence that the writers started bringing up her middle name during an arc where Lena is struggling with her dark side. This was another episode of Lena having to deal with the Luther family legacy and her true nature. Uh, we also have an email from Daryl who asks, quote, I like that they remembered the Helgramite from season one, but the scene implies he is locked up at the DEO. And didn't it seem like Alex killed him back in the first season? unquote uh i had a hard time remembering that as well so i went back and watched it and and alex and and the helgramite do have a fight um and it looks like alex takes him down and and i was trying to remember i think that he has some sort of uh pincher or something that's in him as a as a alien bug that alex sort of uh pushes in on him i think I don't know. It's It was very hard to tell because it does look like she takes him out and there's a lot of blood on her hands, uh, literally. Uh, so I don't know if that means he died or not. It, I sort of assumed he died, but maybe he didn't. Maybe he was just uh, kind of wounded and they uh, took him into the containment uh, cells at the DEO. Uh, we have an email from Danae who writes, I liked that the name of the leader of the world killers was Selena. Selena means moon in ancient Greek. So that seemed 
fitting in an episode called Dark Side of the Moon. And in many types of mythology, the moon is seen as both the companion and the opposite of the sun, which perhaps in this case could symbolize Rao or Kara. With Selena being the deciding vote and choosing to give Kara the space rock, she won it. That makes me think it's not what they need to actually defeat rain otherwise selena would have never given it away uh so i'm curious to see if the rock will do anything to rain or if selena perhaps gave Kara a fluke that's a really cool bit of trivia there about the name selena and what it means yeah that's really neat um we also have an email from fanny who writes quote even though i liked ruby i'm a bit frustrated by the fact that alex and Kara haven't shared any scenes for a few episodes alex spends most of her time with ruby Ruby has had interactions with Lena, Alex, Sam, Mirren, and even Wynn, which I thought was very cute, but no interactions with Kara slash Supergirl. Supergirl is her idol, and the show is supposed to be about Supergirl and about the positive impact she has in people's lives. Sure, Kara slash Supergirl has been in the same room with Ruby, but they've had no interactions. I was hopeful when Kara said to Lena in the elevator a, a few weeks ago that she was going to see Ruby, but we didn't actually see it. Also, I get that Alex wants to be a mother and it's a calling, but saying to Jean that now she has to think about not jumping as much into danger because she will have someone counting on her, I was like, oh, what about your sister Kara? Did you forget about her? She would be (laughs) devastated to lose you. Sometimes I feel the writers forget about the history of the characters on the show. Let's hope that in the last episodes, we will see more of what makes this show great. One of those things being the sister's relationship, unquote. And I think that is a really fair point, Fanny. We have not seen a lot of the Danvers sisters together in quite some time. So I I do hope that we get to see more as, as the season comes to a close. Yeah, I agree. I love the Danvers sisters scenes. They're always like some of the highlights for me. Absolutely. Our final email comes from Alejandra, who writes, I'm not a fan of how this season is treating the idea that Cara thinks that Cara Danvers is such a heavy burden for her. So I hope that that will have some resolution by the end of this season. Other than that, I really loved Cara in this episode. Her speech at the Kryptonian Council reminded me so much of Car- of the Cara of season one. Yeah, I I thought it was very reminiscent of the end of season one where, uh, you know, Cara, when she's speaking in front of the, the High Council, she's talking about what makes human beings great and what she admires about them. So I, I thought that that was a really great speech for her. Uh, and we also have a voicemail from Mauricio. Hello, Supergirl Radio. It's here. Mauricio again with another question. I just finished watching Krypton sci-fi, and I was kind of geeking out with all the Krypton house symbols when Tar went to Anna City. I was so geeking out. But um, here is my question. Did any of you guys, like, literally gasp, like, hey, I know that lady. She's the bad guy the hologram from Rain, because if it's just me, I'm going to feel weird. But anyways, it was a nice episode. No action, but I'm kind of glad because I need a uh, slow pace episode. And oh man, that stinger at the end was something. <laughs> Anyways, take care. I can't wait to see you guys next week in the podcast. Bye. I I think I've uh, covered this extensively. That I was super excited about it, Mauricio. I was super excited. Mauricio, you should have heard her before we start we started recording. It, uh, it was it was adorable. I just I I don't I, re- <laughs> I really haven't fully processed it yet. What does this mean for the show? Where is this going to go? I'm hoping that it could be more than just a few episodes. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get to see Selena uh, in full action at some point, uh, but definitely pumped about that. Before we wrap up our feedback, we have some snap judgments sent in by our listeners. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. 
first instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. This one is sent in by uh, at Mark HBPWM. He says, with the crossover showing us Gotham City, how would you like the CW to depict it? Some random skyline like they use Boston for Star City and I think Cincinnati for Central City or rent the Gotham visuals from Gotham. Andy, what do you think? I don't think they I don't think they can do option B because I don't know if Fox would allow that. So I But what would you prefer? <laughs> if I oh right, oh right. Um I would prefer if they use the Gotham visual for Gotham because Danny Cannon established a really beautiful look, a cinematic look for Gotham uh, on that show. I think Rebecca could uh, attest to that as well. So yeah, I would go with that because random sky from any city, I mean, we know it's going to be Vancouver anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rebecca, what do you think? Yeah, Gotham uh, visuals from Gotham. That show is one of, I mean, I would I would probably say it's the most beautiful TV show uh, that is currently airing. Uh, incredibly uh, beautiful looking show. So if you can ever use the the visuals from Gotham for any reason, for, for anything, you got to go with that. I'm going to go with that too. I don't watch Gotham and I don't know how it looks, but... <laughs> uh, you guys convinced me. And also, I think that's more exciting than a random city. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay. So, we have a couple from at Chris Fundalinski who says Argo City from the CW Supergirl. Actually, we only have one from. Oh, Chris so Fun- we only have one from her. I, I saw some addendums here and I got <laughs> confused. <laughs> okay. Argo City from the CW Supergirl or Argo City from Supergirl the movie. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in here first. I haven't <laughs> seen Supergirl the movie, so uh, I'm gonna go with the TV show. Uh, Rebecca, uh, I'm also gonna go uh, with the TV show. It's more comic book correct. Uh, the Supergirl the movie was a little more hippy dippy, like the the clothing <laughs> was a, a little more hippie ish, uh, and and there was this weird like they call it inner space. Argo is in inner space, which I don't know that they fully. Uh, fully explain it's a weird weird looking thing now that i see the clothes i, I might be changing my mind because really? it looks like everybody's just chilling out in their pajamas <laughs> and that's a vibe i like <laughs> <laughs> they do like look like they're wearing gowns andy or 38 for me it's it's a, it's a tough call because uh they're, they're both different and they have their uh pros and cons uh but you know you got it you got to make a call it's a snap judgment you got to pick one no judgments on your snap judgments all right well i think that's going to do it for our thoughts and feedback on dark side of the moon and thank you andy for coming on uh for this episode to chat uh chat about uh, dark side of the moon with us and hear all of your thoughts about argo city uh wh- how can our listeners find you on the internet Virgil, thank you for having me this was a lot of fun i miss being on the show it's been it's been too long but it's uh, but thank you so much it was a very fun discussion so but uh, if uh, listeners want to find me um on the internet they can find me on uh, at the flash podcast and times podcast as well as as of this week i've just released the first episode of uh and the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina podcast, which is part, part of the Thundercrack Network. So you can go to sabrinapodcast.com and listen to the first episode with me and Jordan Keeble as we get you ready for the new Sabrina show on Netflix, which I'm really excited about. And uh, people can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Andrew Back, which is spelled B-H-B-A-K-H-T. I, I run uh, the Marvel Port, uh, which is themarvelport.com. If you like 
Marvel stuff. Uh, I write for Fansighted and that hashtag shows. And if Arrowverse fans uh, are listening, you should definitely head over to, head over to that hashtag show.com because we have some cool breakdowns for some upcoming characters on some of these shows. And uh, what else do I do? Rebecca, what else do I do? You're pretty busy. I, I run the DC Podcast Network, which is going to be growing, uh, whether Morgan wants it or not. And uh, no, she, her so, voodoo doll doesn't work on me anymore. <laughs> uh, I've been immune. Yeah, like rain, they can't kill me anymore. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have to make your like your crypt, your own crypto or something like that to take me, Morgan. And I. <laughs> I feel like it, you know, Morgan. I, mean, I will on, admit I'm something. I'm on Pinterest right now. I, Morgan, <laughs> I will. Morgan, I will admit this. I do feel slightly bad sometimes. I'm like, I'm making another podcast. I mean, Morgan is not gonna have a voice by the time she does, like the next time she does an episode because I'm just gonna be <laughs> draining her. So I, I do do you know that I do feel a little bad. I'm glad not... that you occasionally think about my pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where people can find me. All right, cool. Well, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. And make sure to write and call in uh, on t- before Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's when we kind of gather all of our stuff together for the podcast. So that would be great if you could get them in by then. Then uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify, where we also have a playlist that includes music that you hear on the show. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC Podcast Network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, and classic DC TV shows, you can subscribe to the DC Podcast on Apple Podcasts, on, follow DC Podcasts on Twitter, and like DC Podcasts on Facebook. And also, if you haven't checked it out already, we have an amazing T-Bob Bookstore, which was created by yours truly, Rebecca Johnson, who's been an amazing job giving us, a, like, guys, there's Bebo shirts, there's Arrow shirts, there's Flash shirts, there's shirts for all these damn DC TV shows. So click on the sh- links in the show notes below, or you can click on the link on the website, and get some cool swag. You know, Comic-Con is coming up in two months. If you're going, you know, represent DC podcast, you help support a network, and, you know, you also look DC-licious, so support us and uh, look look awesome. Great job. I didn't breathe. Oh, that was, that was so luxurious. That <laughs> I was like going I, to the I, spa I, for me. I, I didn't breathe. <laughs> I didn't read. I'm not kidding. I did not read once. Well, uh, you, you you carried it off. Uh, you, you made it work. Not that difficult, Morgan. Not that difficult. I'm kidding. No, Morgan is a great job. Every time, every week, I listen. <laughs> I sometimes I fast forward till the end of the episode. I'm like, she kicked some ass. <laughs> Just to make sure. Did she make it? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid and Instagram at the Derby Kid. And you can watch videos of mine over at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I'm also a contributor to JLU podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. Uh, we're still covering Wonder Woman and Justice League over there. And if you want to hear me do some voice acting, because people randomly are uh, asking me to do uh, acting here lately and i'm like guys i'm i'm not an actress what are you doing you're crazy this Te- is it rebecca 
Yeah, this is your moment. <laughs> this this is my breakthrough uh, career that I'm having. Uh, it's 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 going to go places. Uh, not really, but I'd like to think so. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, in one of these instances of my voice acting, uh, I went over to Trentus Magnus Punches Reality, and uh, he he did a little uh, radio drama featuring Smallville characters, sort of recreating the uh, Veritas group there with you know Lionel Luther and Genevieve Genevieve Teague uh and uh Oliver uh Queen's father Robert Queen I think is Robert Queen is that right yep. uh so I, I played G- Genevieve Teague uh in, in that uh little radio drama for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality if you'd like to listen to it it's actually pretty good uh you might hear another familiar voice uh Mr. John M. Wilson who's been on Supergirl Radio uh several times is also featured in that uh, so if you want to check that out that is episode 254 of Trentus Magnus Punches Reality that's so cool it is pretty cool but uh you know I'm trying to stretch my stretch my acting skills because I don't really have any. So I've got to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon you're going to be so in demand. I hope that you remember us. Uh, when you you're know, I'll think about the little people <laughs> when I get big. <laughs> um, oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. I'm also a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, we are planning our June like listener feedback episode so, um, so make sure that you send us some feedback uh, that you want us to read on the podcast. Get your questions in about a show I don't watch because that's yes. really important. <laughs> I feel like your questions, Rebecca, that you could send in would be very insightful. Uh, maybe I need to send a question <laughs> in. I'll be like, what does this show look like? Because I've <laughs> never seen it. <laughs> could you describe it? Paint me a word picture of this character. <laughs> Where the hell can I buy a Bebo? What is a Bebo? Could you describe it in detail? <laughs> <laughs> that 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 would be my question. Uh, just describe everything that happens on the show for me. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio uh, featuring Dark Side of the Moon. But if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And Alex Danvers is right. She's called Supergirl for a reason. to make Earth my home, Alex. Do you want to go back? The woman of the hour! (laughs) I'm really going to miss you guys. It's good to be back. Welcome home. We are down one bulletproof superhero. Supergirl. All new episode Monday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And we are back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Not Kansas. 
The official description reads, quote, Kara makes a major life decision. Meanwhile, Jean finds out that uh, finds out that special DEO caliber guns have hit the streets of National City. Unquote. So, uh, Andy, what is uh, sticking out to you about this episode description, and what are you uh, most excited about seeing? Well, Trader kind of gave it away with Kara is like what her major life decision is going to be, and I feel it's going to be undone pretty quickly because hello, we still have two more episodes of season three left. We we ain't going anywhere. I'm really worried about this D.O. caliber gun side plot. I am, I, I, I don't feel confident about this. It, it, it is daunting whenever I hear guns being a big part of any episode of any of these TV shows. So, um, I'm scared. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure it will be fine. Everything will be okay. Um, uh, but you know, that's, uh, something I think that would be concerning for, um, Jean and the DEO because they do have that huge armory. What if, what if it was uh, Alex's alien gun? Oh, see, that's it. Or even that new fire gun that she's got. Oh, oh don't yeah. jinx it, girl. Don't jinx it. I mean, that's, those, that's her special gun. So there, there's some, uh, crazy weaponry that they have at the DEO, but I think Alex has probably got that on lockdown she's 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 got those uh she's got her own vault probably somewhere i I would hope so because like how much worse can her luck get first her motorcycle then her favorite guns then her suit she she can't take all of that at at once it's too (laughs) too much well morgan what's sticking out to you about this episode i'm excited about the major life change that uh cara is making i can't imagine what it is um and (laughs) I did see a little bit of the preview before my DVR cut it off and I was like, what? So I am, uh, I am interested to see how we get there so quickly uh, after the like freeze frame, the battle ending that we had at the end of this episode with rain, you would think that rain would be more of a pressing concern. Yeah. Hopefully Kara isn't like, Hey, I'm going to go live uh, with my people. Uh, Y'all deal with rain. You're going to be fine. Like like rain, like rain escaped and Kara is like, you know what, guys? It's just like I've got like a lot on my plate right now. <laughs> I've used any vacation days, and the legends are going to go <laughs> yeah, to Aruba. It's, it's what like, am I going to do? Listen, listen. The DEO doesn't let me um, let me roll these over, so I've really got got to use them or lose them. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, Kara, even if she does decide, maybe she wants to spend more time in Argo City with her mother. Maybe she helps everybody out because it does seem like she might be uh, piecing out and leaving National City. So that that is kind of sad for me. There's there's a shot um, in the trailer uh, that has this really. We talked about not having any Danvers sister scenes. Uh, well, it looks like we're gonna get one maybe next week, but it's gonna be really serious. And that might make me a little sad. So I hope that's uh, not a permanent life decision, even if it is a major one. Guys, she can Uber between back and forth between Argo and Earth. It's going to be fine. That's going to cost like so much money, though, because, <laughs> you know, it's always going to be surging. It would be a little more time consuming. She would have to make sure that the space car is in good shape and, and working properly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's true. She could she could road trip back and forth. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, Well, I think that's going to do it for this spoiler section. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.